0: Keep on what you love. You'll find that someday, soon enough, you will rise up, rise
1: up, yeah. Welcome to Underdog. Today, we have a very special guest, Cindy Stumpo. Cindy Stumpo is an entrepreneur, trailblazer, and builder shattering stereotypes and defying odds in a male-dominated field. She is the founder of C-Stumpo Development, a privately owned custom home and development company. Based in Newton, Massachusetts. Stumpo and her work have been featured in numerous national publications, including Forbes magazine, calling her one of the most successful residential contractors in the country. Her construction work and dynamic personality became a television series, HGTV, called Tough as Nails. WBZ News Radio tapped Stumpo to continue her work in the media. Tough as Nails is now a weekly radio show on iHeartRadio. The show is about building a house and building a life.
0: And today we welcome Cindy Stumpo. And I'm happy to be here. Love it. Thank you so, so much for being here today. So basically the mission of Underdog is really to talk about like real stories. And like I know from watching you over the years, like you are as real as it gets. Like you are tough as nails. You're down to it. Like the most straightforward human being <laughs> that I think I've ever seen, and it's amazing. So I'd love for you to sort of talk about where you started. I mean, you have an empire now, which is incredible to see. You literally build castles. That's how I describe it. Big home. <laughs> yes. Uh,
2: big homes. I start off with big homes. I like start with the smaller homes. I said at 23 years old, nope. This is what I'm going to build: big homes, beautiful. I, I call my homes. Some people will say they build transitional, modern. I always use the word glamor and elegance Mm -hmm. because glamor and elegance never go out of style. Trends come, trends go. And if you're going to be a spec builder or a homeowner or a uh, builder that builds for an end user, I try to always explain to my clients, if you get caught up in the trends, your house is going to look outdated in five to seven years so you know everybody wants brushed nickel right now brush nickel on the vanities brush nickel that's going to be a fad that's going to go you go with polished chrome fixtures they don't come in they don't go out there's so much that you know between all the sites that we have to go searching people get caught up in these beautiful luxurious looking bathrooms Mm -hmm. but You also have to remember, you have to use that bathroom, right? You don't (laughs) want to live in a museum house, right? It's called museum living. (laughs) Uh, And it has to be like work for you and your family. And, you know, look at, we post a lot of beautiful pictures out there. But it also has to be that you live in your home and you're not stressing out. Oh, God, I did a black ebony rift oak vanity and my husband's using his toothbrush and he's getting toothpaste all over the black... You can't live that way, you know, you have to live in your home. Right. So, you know, if you're gonna get caught up in the trends and you're gonna okay, don't 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 touch that because I went with all white countertops and I don't want them getting dirty and that's a stressful way of living. So I try to explain to my clients, listen, let's build a beautiful home. Let's have your couple rooms that are your wow rooms mm-hmm. and then calm it down. I have built homes for people where they want every room to be the wow effect. And, okay, I walk to this house, I'm going, okay, this is wow, this is wow. Too many wows are going on. Right. It's too much. So pick three rooms in the house that you want to be the wow. The wow should be your master bedroom, your master bathroom, your foyer when you come in, a beautiful powder bathroom, some things as you walk into from the foyer coming into the other, the kitchen, another big one. And then calm down the family room, calm down the living room, calm down. Not everything has to be loud and screaming. Right. So I think that a lot of homes that I'm walking through forget how they're decorating them with the vanities and the trends. Right. Um, I'm seeing a lot of bad builders. And that's disturbing to me because I've been out here for thirty three years and Thirty-three years ago when you came out here to build, you dealt with men. Men were men, meaning at quarter of seven, we'd be on those job sites, and we'd be having coffee and donuts. And 701, those machines were up and running. This is me today, 33 years later. Yeah, it's 10 o'clock. Where are you? <laughs> I'm on, my way. on your way from are Mars? So it's, I have gone... From so many things in my life, I was once a developer builder, mm-hmm. and then went from the developer builder to the psychiatrist, <laughs> developer builder psychiatrist, to owning an adult daycare center. Okay, <laughs> and like literally, like babysitting guys now down to the mask police. Okay, because if we not have masks on our faces and the whole nine yards, and not following our corporate nineteen and we have in development all the rules I have to follow. If the inspector comes through one of my homes and not every one of these rules are followed, your job's getting closed down, okay? Mm-hmm. So now, you're, now I'm out there and I'm mask, I'm the mask police, I'm making sure water bottle's not left on the job site. It's so stressful. When I became a builder 33 years ago, it was fun out here it was fun i had fun and then once oh eight hit and we went into our recession '10. Mm-hmm. when we all had to gear back up for 11 12 a lot of guys left the business because their wives said listen we need a paycheck we need insurance we need 40 hours and i called it in 10. i said in 10 when we come out of this recession we're going to be in trouble We're going to have a skill gap problem. I was talking about this on my TV show on HGTV 10 years ago, and people were laughing, saying, what is she talking about? What's a skill gap problem? (laughs) Okay. Well, now they know what. Now, fast forward, now they're feeling the effects of a skill gap problem. Mm -hmm. But there was a time out here, like I was out of bed at 530, showered all my job sites, winter, summer, spring, fall, and loved every minute of it has nothing to do with me getting older. I still love what I do. It's just dealing with what we have out here for a pool of skilled labor. Mm. So because, and the good guys already have their builders that they work with, like me, that's been around for a long time. So now the new builders, they're trying to put a team together, Mm. but the team's just not there. And if the builder is not a good builder to begin with, then he can't make his guys good because he's not good. Right. So what we see a lot of going on here is that when, when like any business, but when the building business is good, everybody's a builder. Yeah. Everybody yeah. is a hard money lender in yeah. real estate, okay? Yeah. When the stock market's great, everybody's their own financial advisor, okay? <laughs> the difference between a builder that's been a builder for years and years over a newbie builder is we have learned to maneuver through good and bad times. Right. That's part of this game. It's not just knowing how to be a builder, it's knowing how to be a business person, okay? Because when you're out there and you're buying products, now if you want to be a custom home builder, that's great. That means you're spending your client's money, you follow their directions and you do what they want to do. When you're out here investing your own money, right? Right. You need to do make sure you're doing everything perfect. But beginning of perfect is making sure you're buying the buy right. Right. And you can't buy the buy right right now because there's too much competition, especially in my my end, no, because there's not a lot of guys that can still write the type of checks I write for product. Right.
0: How did you get started? Sort of like, how did you think about getting into the development? Like, I know you were 23 at the time. So sort of tell me the journey of how you got to that point. I'm going to be a bit.
2: I guess somebody would have like this great, phenomenal story, how they started in business at 23 years old. Let me ask you this question. What do you you know at 23? You know nothing. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So I, I just knew that traditional education wasn't for me. So mm-hmm. high school, I obviously graduated high school. I graduated new self, but school wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I'm more hands on learn with my hands. Right. So I just knew, I don't, I, I don't, can't tell you it's such a long time ago. I'm 56. I think that there was just an eye for me loving homes. Mm. So I came from the North Shore of Boston until I was 13. Mm -hmm. And I moved to Newton. And when I moved to Newton, when I was living in West Peabody, every house was kind of similar. Mm. And they brought me to an area called Newton, Massachusetts. And then I started to see homes like I'd never seen. Victorians, Tudors, you name it. center entrance colonials, uh, Georgian. It was a very upper scale city. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just like three of the same houses built the same, you know, okay, we'll change a gable, we'll change your roof line. But so that was my probably, I was about 13, 14 years old. And the other thing was that I loved was Christmas lights. So with my grandmother in the North Shore, I would drive through areas, these this area called Linfield. Mm-hmm. People had more money in Linfield than they did in Peabody and they decorated their houses with lights. Mm-hmm. And I would say things to my grandmother like, wow, look at that roof line. And she'd be like, what are we looking at a roof line for? Look at the beautiful lights on the house. I'm like, yeah, but, yeah, but that roof line's really beautiful. And then she's like, okay, well, what about this roof line? Yeah, that house is not as pretty with the lights on. She'd be like, why? Because <laughs> it's not a pretty house. So she'd be like, okay. So we, we I'll never forget, that was either our first or second or third year out there looking at lights and she went home and said to her mother, this girl's going to become an architect or a designer or something, but she's very much like the things that she looks at when she's looking at Christmas lights is not what normal girls her age should be looking at. Yeah. So I guess there were signs there. Yeah. And then I just decided, like, you know what? I grew up in, with a father at home. Here's salons, nightclubs, you name it. And I worked in nightclubs at a young age. But he had... Probably ten or twelve hair salons, mm-hmm. and not going to be for me. You know that just—I got my license at eighteen, my senior high school. So in case something ever happened to my father, I'd have it, so the salons could prevail and go on. But other than that, that just wasn't for me. So how I got into construction—I'll say this the day. I, say, I don't know. I just did. Right. And if I, I again, I'd love to give you some great, wonderful story, but it would be a story. It wouldn't be the truth. And the truth is I landed in there. I fell on there and I ran with it. That's amazing.
0: How did you get to building the first house or, you know, the idea of like, all right, I'm going to build my first home. So what was the first
2: like stepping stone? It's 1989 yeah. and a lot younger than me. How old are you? 28. Okay. So my daughter is 33. So 1987 was black market. I was pregnant with her the stock market had just dumped bad, bad. Mm. In 1989, it was like the best time to start a business. In my opinion, if you're gonna start a business, always start in the worst times.
1: Mm. Because starting
2: start in the best times, you think those best times are gonna last forever. Yeah. So no good times, you have to feel bad times. To know love, you need to feel not you, okay. to be in a good relationship, you had to be in a bad relationship to respect and appreciate a good one, right?
1: Absolutely.
2: So take the same fundamentals of your personal life and you put into your professional life. And I came out in 1989. I was 23 years old, and I got to be honest. I had like short shorts on, Daisy Dukes, construction, <laughs> and I'm like, it's it's 90 degrees, and I a big I always have a a bigger top on because. When people kept, when you're born, you go into a line, you go, yeah, I want nice legs. I want a nice ass. God kept back in the boob line, okay? And they just kept getting bigger and bigger. So I'm always having like, but I was 23 years old and I would be out there, please, thank yous. And, but I didn't know enough yet to open my mouth. Mm. I was the maid out there. So even though I had my GC license and I was a builder. I learned by putting a broom in my hand and that's how I learned this business. I learned in my own company from the ground, right at the lowest of the point, broom gets in my hand. And then I would take a look at what they're doing. And when you're cleaning and vacuuming and, and, and you're playing labor on a job site, you'd be amazed at what you pick up and what you learn. School taught me so much. Getting my general contractor's license taught me about codes. The rest was on-job experience. Yep. Then I started to say, okay, you know what? You know, buddy, let's just try it this way. Well, but I do it this way. I hear you. And I always would say to a guy, because those guys were twice my age at that point, right. you've forgotten more than I know. So I'm not out here trying to push my weight around, because you have. You've more than I know, but we're going to still try it my fucking way. Okay. (laughs) And if I fall on my face, then I'll be the first to say, I fell on my face. Let's go back to your way. Right. But we try it my way because I see a way that we can run these plumbing lines, electrical lines, HVAC, you know, you're you're hogging up my basement to be able to finish it. You're not Mm -hmm. thinking thoroughly on what's coming down the road. If a homeowner wants to finish this basement and that's how it came to fruition. And, then you get to a point where you guys that, you know, again, 23, 24, 25, it's please and thank you. And you're trying to be very polite. And I'm in Boston. I'm not in North Carolina where everybody is very polite, right? Boston is hardcore. <laughs> and one day I'm walking out of a job site and I was done with the please and thank yous. I just turned around. And I said, yep, the fucking bitch is leaving now. So do and say whatever you want to say. I'll see you tomorrow. And we all went, did she just call herself that name? Because I know you're calling me that name when I leave, right? So I might as well call myself that name. (laughs) And then the next day came back to my job. I was probably 26, 27, around that age. And I just said, okay, boys, now things are going to go my way. Let's just get to the, we had a big meeting at that one site. And I had four sites going. I called everybody to that one site and said, okay. We're gonna do things my way now, okay? Mm -hmm. I've done things your way for the last three or four years, not working for my reputation. Mm -hmm. And that's when the whole, it all started to switch for me. And then remember, as you get older, you get more experienced, older you get more worldly. And as you get older, you learn how to deal with people. Mm -hmm. And when you're out here, you're dealing with a lot of different personalities. Oh yeah. When I first started building We didn't have a big drug and alcohol epidemic going on. Whatever these guys did when they got home, they did. And then, you know, became coming on the job sites high. And, you know, you're stinking like alcohol. Dude, go home, shower. I'll see you in two days when the alcohol wears off you. Mm -hmm. Buddy, hi. Get off the job site. Because I can't take the risk, one, that they're going to hurt themselves on a job because they are high. Right. So many moving parts out here. You're literally a mother, I think i wear every cap you can possibly wear out here. There's, you're their psychiatrist, you're their bank when they need an advance, you're their go-to person for everything. So, care.
0: <laughs> they
2: drive out care. Everything, any energy you have left, they're just gonna take it away from you. But on the other hand, I love every one of the guys that work with me. Now they can call me a jerk, but if they go out to a bar and they get a Stumpo shirt on, and somebody will say, oh, you work for that woman? I hear she's a bitch, I hear she's this. They'll just knock them out cold. <laughs> they can call me what they want to call me, but no one else. It's like, you know, that saying, I can call my mother a jerk, but don't you call my mother a jerk. Absolutely. Same So when you first
0: started, I mean, cause I've sort of experienced this on a much smaller level too. It's like when you first start and you're that young, I was 21 when I started my first flip and I remember walking onto the job site I don't know anything about construction, and this is about renovation.
2: <laughs> you know? Yeah, you do. You are not a flipper. A flipper's for dolphins and for yeah. pink. Okay, <laughs> HG was the one that came out with the flipping. flipping. You're a you're a Reno woman. You are not. Yeah. I I call everybody guys. I just call myself a guy. But you're a Reno woman, okay? And when you call yourself a flipper, it's just you're not a flipper. Yeah. A flipper, but to me is put some cosmetic work in and then make it pretty, put pretty paint, pretty vanities, fixtures. That's not what runs your house though. Right, totally. Okay, we're gonna buy a Mercedes-Benz but we're gonna put a Toyota engine in. No, you're gonna buy a Mercedes-Benz and you're gonna put a Rolls-Royce engine in.
0: Yep. Yeah, I just remember like it was it was my first job site and I'm 21 and I don't know anything about construction and I have to do this entire project where it's a full gut renovation on the the entire house. Like this house was not touched in like 20 years and I just remember being like, oh my God, and going through the experience of being, you know, being this young girl, but then having to lead. The, all these men, because it's literally all men, and they're looking at you like, okay, like, is your dad coming, or is, you know, and I just remember the mental, and it's still a thing, and I'm sure you felt that and still probably feel that to this day, but especially in the beginning. So how was that, like, initially to, like, you know, get past that point?
2: It's taking you to refresh my memory. Yes, at the beginning, I would hear, is your dad coming? And they knew I was married. Is your husband coming? no. No. Uh, are you the architect? No. Are you the designer? No.
0: Are you the realtor?
2: I'm the builder. So you think that it's might be tough for your age? Think yep. about 33 years ago.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Like that's why but, I respect you so much because I'm twenty-three to go out there and just do it and you're pregnant with Sammy and you're just out there like, I got this. What sort of kept you going th- during that time? Like your motivation and what 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 was like the the mental state that you were in that kind of was like, all right, I'm going to keep going on this. Like what kept you grooving? All, time?
2: Business. you got to be a nut. So if you think you're normal, don't come <laughs> to construction cause you won't make it, Okay. <laughs> so that's one thing. Um, what kept me going? There is, you could ask me, Cindy, is there anything you have not experienced out here? Whether it's hurt your feelings, whether it's been disrespectful, whether it's been anything sexual, I have, there's not one pin, there's, you know that, when somebody wants to put the pin cushion, the pin into the puppet, mm-hmm. I've had and put in me. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then, 33 years ago, guys were saying, oh, she won't make it, she'll never make it, she's not gonna make it. How many times I heard that, but that schooled mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. That. I'll use the word horny. That made me horny. How's that? Every <laughs> I, I wasn't going to make it. Oh, I was going to make it. So that was my drive. When you tell me I can't do something, yep. you just push me even, you know, yeah, keep telling me. I'm not going to make it. Meanwhile, all the guys that said I wouldn't make it, they've been bankrupt twice and come back alive twice. Okay? <laughs> Development's still standing here. So it's like, so they can't say anything about my product right? Because I'm still standing. So they know that. So what are they going to do? They have to hit on she's a this, she's a that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not a pansy. I don't claim to be a pansy. Mm -hmm. Didn't end up with a TV show called tough as nails and a radio show called tough as nails. But at the end of the day, you take me off that, off those job sites and the guys come in on a Friday and pick up their paychecks. We're all laughing and having a great time. Mm -hmm. Once you take me out of that atmosphere, I'm back to Cindy, but right. when I'm out there, yes, I, I run a tight ship out there because at the end of the day, nobody's going to remember Richie the plumber and John the HVAC guy and Michael Electrician and Bob the framer. They're only going to remember Cindy Stumpo. Right. So we have to work as a team out here. And I think I've built one hell of a team and one guy falls. It makes us all look bad, right? Absolutely. So we're all staying on top of each other at all times. So we're, we're actually all watching each other at all times. And if we see one guy falling, maybe he's depressed, maybe he's running into marital problems, right. kid problems. I mean, we all have problems. Right. Let's learn to leave our problems at home and come to work and don't bring them to work. I'm good at that. Like, I'm great at taking my baggage and leaving it home and coming to work. Right. That probably happens saved me a lot by going to work because then you have to concentrate again and you can't sit there and feel sorry for yourself when there's something going bad in your personal life.
0: Right. And and another thing is like, it says a lot about you that you're able to maintain a team like that, you know, because firsthand, I know running a job site is, there is a million and a half moving parts. There's the plumber, the electrician, the HVAC, the this, the that. And to be able to team up everybody, to work with you for you said you've had guys working for you for thirty-three years. That's yeah. I don't know of anyone who's worked for someone for 33 years. <laughs> you know, builder wise.
2: Let me ask you a question. If you were a subcontractor and you got paid and you've never got burnt. Yep. Why wouldn't you keep working for that builder? Exactly. That builder's never gonna burn you you know that builder stayed loyal to you. Now mm-hmm. I can go in every house and I can bid, I can bid to five plumbers, right? And I can beat my plumber's number every time the first go around.
1: Mm. Why
2: well, he's going to go right back to my normal plumber's number, right?
1: Right.
2: Why sell a guy out for a thousand dollars? Why sell a guy out for 2000? If you don't have the profit in your deal to be able to stay loyal to your subs, then yep. you sit and say, listen, we're working on a tight deal to keep the guys busy. You need to come down on your money. It's communication. It's loyalty. I'm loyal to you. You need to be loyal back. The worst thing you can do to me is not be loyal. You're not loyal. Then I I'm you, you see another Cindy Stumpo. <laughs> right. That that's part of it is, is being knowing how to be a really good boss and to be a good boss. It's like, it's like being a good mom a right. good daughter, a good granddaughter, if it's just naturally in you to be a good person, I think with my heart out here. Right. That maybe has done me sometimes wrong because I'll give you a lot of chances to screw up. I'm, I'm, I'm that cancer sign that, you know, it's the sucker sign. Yeah, throw another right hook and I'll be waiting for it. and Throw another right <laughs> hook. And I still give you the benefit of the doubt. I still give you another shot. Right. So, to me, running sea stumble development is like running my family because it is another family. right It's my work family, and I care about those guys. We just had one of my plumbers uh, guy's brother overdose at twenty years old. Mm-hmm. We will all be social distancing at the, even though I've never met this young man and he's my plumber's plumber, you know what I mean? But we will all be there as a team. Mm-hmm. all be there every one of us will be there because that's who we are mm-hmm. you know and we've been through many deaths together and we've been through guys getting very ill with different cancers and but it's a team out here see the old days developers if you take like Turner construction suffocate the big boys everybody's replaceable everybody's replaceable that's not mm-hmm. true you got a good mason, you hold on to him. You got a good foundation guy, you hold on to him. You got a good framer, you hold on to him. You're gonna pay now or later, and that's a decision you're gonna have to make. You want to pay peanuts, you'll get monkeys. Mm-hmm. Or you pay extra money, build out a good product, and have no comebacks. Because if you're gonna get comebacks later, they're gonna cost five times the amount of money than what it cost you to do it from the beginning. Because now the family's moved into the house. And now you've got a problem. Do it right the first time and do it right with the right guys the first time.
0: Absolutely. My favorite phrase in business is you always get what you pay for. In anything in life. The best phrase. It's the most simple phrase, but it is the number one thing. And that too, when I've done it on my projects and everyone's like, why would you pay this guy more? And I'm like, well, listen, he's done three jobs with me and I want to keep him busy. And I know his work and I'm not going to, for to save a couple thousand bring someone else just to save a couple thousand so it's like it's like the same thing and especially you trust their work too so you know the level of quality it's almost like you test trials every time you bring in a new sub too
2: you gotta try new guys even i have to because we have anywhere from 10 to 12 to 14 projects going so you can't sometimes sit back and wait you know you gotta try sure. to find guy on the crew i hired a plumber like a month ago three days i said buddy go grab a check at the office. We'll pay you for your work that you've done. I'm going to rip it all out. But I'm, n- I'm never going to stiff anybody ever.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Pay if you work, you've done, but dude, you just drill through a triple engineered LVL. You can't do that without it's centered right through perfectly. I go, you got a PVC coming down a wall. I said to him, this was funny. I said, buddy, when I put the blue board on that PVC, how would you like me to cover that pipe? Notch out inside the blueboard. I went, the only thing I want to notch out right now is your brain, okay? You need to leave the job site. I cannot believe that was just your answer. Do you understand? Notch out the back of the blueboard. Oh my God. So gosh. it would fit. So if I took part of the blueboard out, it might fit. I go, kid, you need to go, okay? Like you need to go and you need to go now. Through an LBL. So, through, yes, an engineer piece which is already, you know, it's engineered. You can drill through them, but you have to go right to the center. You can't be there, you know, and we replaced it anyways, because I don't want to take the structure out of it.
0: Right, oh my God. I totally hear you on that, you know, when it comes to sales, but I think it says a lot about you that you've been able to maintain a team for all these years, you know?
2: If you are a leader, you will lead. If you're a follower, then you're a follower right but to be out here you don't only have to be a great leader you have to be a great orchestra leader mm-hmm okay because time is money and money's time out here Yeah. so if you're not backing up your piggybacking your subs and you let a job go for three four days before the next guy goes in and another three four days that's called interest and that's called carrying cost you yeah. so so on the ball on scheduling guys. And women are really great at that. You know, we, we can multitask. We can do 10 things at once. Yeah, I know. No offense to
0: like male builders, but it's like, I see sort
2: of this process sometimes and I'm like, they get so, they freak out. The day I die, I will put most male builders in my back pocket. <laughs> know it. And they know it in Boston. They can't deny it. <laughs> Oh
0: my god, you know, so I power to the woman. And I mean honestly, I've watched you since day one and I've always been amazed and you always continue to soar higher, which is always incredible. So I always look to you as a role model and I always have since day one. Since the day that I stepped into real estate development, everyone was like, You know, you you need to read about Cindy Stumpo. I was like, Who's Cindy? I was like, I don't I don't know who she is. And then I started following you and I was like, ah, she She's my girl. I was like, just watching I was like, I don't know her, but I love her. And so, everything you've stood for since day one, it's like it, you're just an authentic human being and it's clear why you are successful. And I'm sure, you know, as an entrepreneur.
2: I'd rather, somebody say to your face what they feel than yeah. step back when you go away. Mm-hmm. My mother taught me if Sally's talking to you about Susie, then the minute Sally and Susie get together, they're talking about you, right? Mm-hmm. I don't get caught in that minutia, like I don't get caught in the female minutia shit. So yep. I don't get caught with it out here, with the guys. We have our days out there that we're like every bad word that could possibly come out of our mouths, it's coming out. Okay, but ten minutes old, it's done. Like right. we all got our f sessions out, and this guy's going after that guy, and that guy's going after me, and I'm going after another guy. <laughs> and I'm like group hug gets over, and it's like. Group hug. I'm like, group hug. Hug it out. We just <laughs> had a fight. You two just start. How many, ask me how many fist fights I have broken up out here. <laughs> okay. Guys going at it. That's how it used to be. Now everybody's afraid to pick up a punch because they might get, uh, you know, the police, whatever. But back in the day, I can't tell you how many holes in blueboards of guys' asses going through the blueboards or breaking the glass in a bathroom. I'm like, oh no, you didn't have a fight in the bathroom, did you? (laughs) But the stuff that we deal with, you couldn't make the shit, no one would believe you. No. You have to home at night sometimes and go, or get in your car, whatever, and go, nobody would believe this. Write a book because there's nothing I haven't witnessed, I haven't been put through, men attacking, Attacking a young girl, I'm 23 years old, you're 40, and you're putting me down? Right. Like, like, why, like, don't you have a daughter? I used to say to these guys, don't you have a daughter? Right. Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't let my daughter build houses, well, but why not? Meanwhile, right. then I got to know some of these guys' daughters and they, they worked in their father's offices, but they weren't allowed to come on the job sites. They were well, only allowed to do office work.
0: Yeah, that was that was like my next question is, you know, what struggles have you faced and how have you overcome them? Because, I mean, you stepped into an industry where it was literally unheard of for a woman to build. And not just build, but build beautiful, beautiful the way you do.
2: I so, probably have the worst but the best story. Mm. If you're going to show this to women, girls, I had one inspector. So I only in this area called Newton in Brookline. And I've stayed here. And I wasn't the builder that jumped from city to town to city to town. I built my reputation here. Not because I was smart and knew that Newton and Brookline was pretty recession-proof, right? It was because I had a daughter 23, and I wanted to be close to her. I wanted to be close to home if there was a problem. And I wanted to be able to, when she started school, be able to drive her, pick her up, and go on with my day. Mm -hmm. So being a mom to me was just as important as my career, if not more important. But I wanted both. I definitely wanted both. I'm a better mom because I go to work. But the hardest job in the world is being a mom, okay? So I I got the easy way, I got to go to work, okay? stay home moms have it harder than anybody. I, I commend them, I give them all the respect in the world. So with my kids, I had quality time so the minute i got home it was all about my kids mm-hmm. but then something suffers along the way and that could be your marriage mm-hmm. because you're only one person and you're trying to be superwoman right. i tell you the superwoman doesn't exist and i've done a really good job at trying to balance it all out but something's gonna some elastic's gonna break now i got married young at 20 had my daughter at 23 but I was 40 at 20. I, I was very, like, I wasn't doing what my friends were doing at twenty twenty one. By the time I was, well, back then, legal age to drinking was 18. I was already, like, I never drank. I've never had a drink of alcohol my whole entire life. Wow. Nothing. Not one. But I am a smoker. So I'm hiding it right now. <laughs> i was a part-time smoker to a full-time smoker with this pandemic. That I will tell you. I would always have, like, three, four cigarettes a night. And that would be it when I got home. And now it's like, okay. So <laughs> and working with masks on my face. And, right. But the story that I have is that I was about 25. And this inspector tortured my life. Tortured me. Tortured. And my father always said, never give anybody an envelope never give a city official an envelope. You can go to jail for that. Mm. Call me if there's ever a problem. So I'm like, okay, is this guy torturing me? Because he wants this, this is how I'm thinking, right?
0: Right.
2: You know, Yeah, here's 500 bucks and pass me and whatever, right? I don't know, I really don't know what he wants from me. So I just kept playing stupid and he would come out, would blow me off on inspection, say he's gonna be there between two and four not show up leave me sitting there i'll be out the next morning leave me sitting there and getting like you know he's my boss out here he's the he's the building inspector right and i was about i'd say 30. so he had a good run at me like really a good run at me so in one of the house sites it was a friday around four o'clock he finally showed up was supposed to come out at one and I sat there, sat there like a sucker. Like, you know, he was supposed to come out between one and two or one of three, whatever, two hour, you know, two hour leeway. Right. Came out at four. It was a summer on a Friday. He said something to me and I said, I put the dumb blonde wig on. I went, now I got where he was coming from. And I said, so let me ask this question. If I get down on my knees right now and I give you a blowjob, we're good. He goes, wow, it's taking you this many years to figure this out? And I went, my head turned, and I looked like something out of The Exorcist. <laughs> One, we went back to a brunette wig, okay? And I went, let me tell you something. I would blow you with somebody else's. Now get the fuck out of my house. Then I went to City Hall. Oh, my God. And I had, I had phone calls from him calling me on Sundays. Why don't you come by the pool? This guy was like 20 years older than me. So remember, when you're 23, 24, 25, and somebody's 45, 46, that's a big age difference at that point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Daddy. I already had a good daddy. I don't need a daddy. So at the end, I went up and I said, I can't do this anymore. You need to remove this guy off my sites. And if you don't, I'm going to go to the media. I'm going to hire a lawyer, which I was never going to do. But I thought if I put the threat out there, all I wanted him to do is be gone. Just right. give me an inspector. There's eight. And they said to me, they used, you know, they, what I call um, intimidation tactics. Meaning, well, Cindy, you know, you can do that, but there's going to be his side and your side, and then people might not want to build with you. Women might not want their husbands with you. I'm like, I had to be a smart girl at that age. And I walked out of City Hall and I said to my, my ex-husband now, but my husband at the time, and we're very close. I said, they got valid points there, Joe. If I do something about this, it's gonna be, people go, always gonna look at things, take your side, take my side. And then they are go somewhere in the middle, there's a truth, right? But mine was all the truth. There was nothing but the truth. But they would change my inspector. So, it was another three, four years of just torture, torture. The only thing that bothers me to this day is that I allowed the intimidation tactics. I could have stopped this, mm. I could have, but that would have been exposing myself in the media. Remember, we didn't have the Me Too movement back then, right? Right. right. But and I wanted to be in this business. I want wives to think their husbands couldn't build with me. Right. I had to go down the road that was beneficial not to me, but to the company I was building and say to myself, okay, this, this shit's going to happen. It's how I, it's how I handle myself. Now I can understand looking back as a young girl, how other young girls maybe do inappropriate things to make their lives a little easier, but that wasn't my personality. Like that guy was gonna get nothing from me. They did nothing, right. except by four over his head. Because that <laughs> vision I saw was hurting him, no, he, not getting down on my knees. But I can understand how you could fall as a young person to that game.
0: Right.
2: He couldn't break me, but he did. He broke me in other ways. And it came out later on in life. Mm. Oh, so once I hit like 50, I went, wow, I let this bastard get away with this like for half my career. Right. Then they finally let him go because I had him videotaped. Now we had cameras on houses. Uh, now no. they knew. They knew anyways. As we mature and as we get older, we get more secure in ourselves.
1: Mhm
2: And you will, and everybody else does, and you finally accept your flaws, you're good, you're bad, you're pretty, you're ugly, because at that point, it is who you are. you know when you're pretty and ugly, not looks, meaning you're pretty, you're good, you're good things and you're bad things. Mm-hmm. So that was the only thing that hit me at age fifty. They said, "Wow." How did I allow this? Like, how did I allow for so long to be treated so unkindly? And it wasn't just him. So I went into another area and built in Belmont, another old boys club over there. And um, I dropped off the plans for three houses I had to build for a developer. And the inspector actually said to me, uh, yeah, can you have the builder come in with their license? I go, I am the builder.
1: Oh, my God.
2: That yeah, um, we don't really have female builders here. This is only seven eight years ago. I said, guess what? Now you do. <laughs> I said, let me tell you something, buddy. What? go <laughs> down this road with me. He tried. He tried, and I just crushed him at, like within a week out there. So there's not <laughs> anything that I haven't been through. And then you have your regrets when you look back, like, why didn't I say this? Why didn't I handle it this way? Why didn't I do it this way? But you know what? Maybe it was best the way I did handle it. Because if I went down the other avenue, maybe women wouldn't want to buy one of my houses pre construction. You know, they'll think, of, Am I going to flirt with their husbands or whatever? Which I'm not. That's not even me. Like, I don't care. I'm not here to do a job. I'm not here to. You know, pick up your husband or flirt with a a subcontractor or a building inspector. I'm here to do a job. You know, I didn't see a difference. Oh, I'm a female and that's a male and I can't do this work. I never saw that. I didn't see, I don't see color. I don't see, I don't see like, why can't I do what he's doing? Right. Right. He's definitely stronger than me. A man's going to be able to lift more than me, you know, but more this is what this business has needed and I've, and I've been I 100% pushing women in this field you know to come in I've, I've met a lot of women that have graduated Wentworth and went out there and worked for one of the bigger companies and left and never went back because mm-hmm. they nicely this is only the last five six years wow. so you have to know if you're gonna get into this type of business and the other thing I'd hear all the time is, when I'd be on the phone with somebody, they'd already size me up as being 400 pounds, and I was gay. <laughs> and they'd meet me, right? And I'm five and a half on a good day. At that point, I was 115 pounds. And like, you don't look like the builder. I love that one, too. You don't look like the builder. <laughs> Gee, what does the builder look like? <laughs> so there's nothing that I haven't experienced out here. I can laugh about it. Yeah. but. The- I, when I want to have like a pity party party for myself, I'll, I'll, those tears can sometimes roll down my face right. and go. So like now, no, that doesn't happen. Now I'm here 33 years, but what does happen is when they can't bad mouth your product, they're going to badmouth you. And my father always said to me, look it, if you're out there and you're succeeding, People are going to bring you down. Mm-hmm. When they're not talking about you anymore, Cindy, you're a nobody. So that's it for part A of my incredible interview with Cindy Stumpo. Stay tuned for part B.
0: You won't want to miss it. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show.